So I'm going to sell myself at that Ford. I'm the, the cheap version of Nick Minaj they couldn't afford for the podcast, so they got me instead. Intake, You're welcome, right. Dan. I thought the cheap version was Cardi B, but I guess it's the cheaper version, you know. <laughs> I know, controversy at Brave, I know, I know. Well, it was lovely, it was lovely having Terrius on the show. That was just such a fantastic interview. Thank you for coming on. Pull up in the monster automobile gangster with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. Yeah, I'm in the Tonka, color of Willy Wonka. You could be the king, but what the queen conquer? First things first, I eat your brain. Said I'm a side rocking gold teeth and fangs. Cause that's what a monster do. Hairdressing from a land, that's a monster do. Monster. Yeah, that part. Giuseppe ah! here with a monster shoe. Young money the is money a monster, monster and a monster, monster crew. crew. And I'm all up, all up, all up in the bank with a funny face. And then I think I know it's coming money in. So let me get this straight. Wait, I'm dirty, but my features and my shows 10 times your pay. 50k for a verse. No, I'm out. Yeah, my money's so dark. My baby's got a climate. Hotter than a Middle Eastern climate. Violent. Totty Mataranda to wine it. Wine it. Nikki on them titties when I sign it. That's how these is drink minded. But really, really, I don't give a. Forget Bobby, fuck Mickey, she's fake. She's on a diet, but a monkey cheesecake. And I'll say, bread of Chucky, it's a child's play. She's killing another career. It's a mild day. Besides that, they can't stand beside me. I think me and you should be not back. Pink wig, take ass, give me wig, lash. A pink cash, make him blink fast. Now look at what you just thought. This is what you live for. Ah! I'm a motherfucking monster. <laughs> It was all over the place, but we made it to the end. And we love a bit of Nicki Minaj and Nicki Mirage from the islands, Trinidad. This is the 802 Podcast with the stunning, the beautiful Nick Charles and the wonderful, yes, I introduced myself because, you know, why not? And the Death Hall King himself, the Queen of Clapham, the putting the being beautiful, Dan James. How are you, darling? Hello, gorgeous. I am good. I'm fine. I'm flourished. I'm replenished and beautiful. Ooh, you've been getting that sleep, huh? You got to sleep. Sleeping is one of the most important things we do. We sleep, Correct. we eat, we poop. Correct. <laughs> I love that. I'm, no, I'm good. I'm um, a little disappointed the UK drag race is over. I just got to say it. Because yeah, Thursday evenings, like it was the only thing you'd get dressed up for. And it felt like you were going to go out and then you'd sit and you'd watch a show and you're like, oh, it's just such a good environment. And then you kiki with people on Twitter afterwards about it mm -hmm. and just everybody have a good time. Um, so now that's over, I'm just a little, well, a little like um, withdrawal syndrome from yeah. that. So, and US drag race is just not filling the gap. Anyone, is anyone did. still watching now, to be fair? Well, Are I watched we this watching? week. I watched this week and I was like, first of all, the evil is defeated. Tina Burner is no more <laughs> on God. the screen. Spoiler warning. <laughs> Oops. If you haven't seen that's your business, you should have. It's, it's, it's it came Wednesday. out on Saturday. It's Wednesday yeah. now. Like, it's come Wednesday. On. Like, yeah, Tina being gone is a good thing because they gave her far too many cutaways and she was never funny or interesting. And I'm like, girl, you're trying so hard. Just, yeah. just stop. Please yeah. just stop. And everybody needs to stop. And this whole thing needs to stop. So. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Simone to win and we can be like, that was deserved. Well done. Sorry that you were on season 13, which is the same way I felt about Evie Oddly. I was like, mm -hmm. sorry, you're on season 11, but you, you like, you're doing well. So, yeah, I can't believe we're, we're, we're now month three of US Drag Race. Month three. And there's still what, what, five, six girls to go? Just give Simone the fucking thing. Just give her the fucking crown. Just wrap it up. Just yeah. cut the check. 
cut cut the cameras, dead ass. And can we go back in time and redo the critiques for Candy's outfit this week? Oh dear God! Let's because, uh, in fact, let's not. Let's not. We're in good. It's good vibes today. We opened up with yes. Nicki Minaj. We got good, yes. good vibes. Good, so good we're vibe. gonna get into it. We got a guest today. That's yes. cute. I know. It's gonna be a nice little moment. Mm-hmm. So we ain't got time to be talking about US Drag Race. We got announcements to do. Yes. Welcome to the Theatre Two. Let's get into the announcements for this week. Announcements on the 802. So my announcement's a little different this week. I just want to give a shout out to a venue that opened in lockdown in London um, that I have fallen in love with over this time. Um, I'll tell you the little story about how I found this venue. So we were sat up in Hampstead Heath and these guys came over with a flyer and they gave me this flyer and credit to them, it was not the best designed flyer ever. In fact, I would probably say that the flyer was bordering on ugly it there was there was like seven different fonts there was rainbow colors it looked like the kind of fly you get at a spanish holiday resort for a nightclub in <laughs> one of those <laughs> and if any if you know me and or if you want to get to know me one thing you need to know is if you give me a badly designed flyer i am going to whatever is on that flyer <laughs> so i turned to my friend i was like i don't care what the plans are tonight we are going to this bar we went it was a brilliant experience. Every time I've gone, I've had fun. And so I just want to give a shout out to Zodiac Bar in London. It's now up in Tufnell Park. They should hopefully be reopening um, when lockdown loosens up a little bit. And if you don't know about them yet, get to know them. If you just want a fun, good, jolly, queer, gay time, head over to Zodiac. They'll make sure that you have a good time. And I can't wait till we're allowed to legally dance because I will be there dancing my little ass off um and having a, having myself a good time up at zodiac Love that. my own is a little bit different as well this week i wanted to give a little shout out to there is a little place a little a uh, little place in manchester called the feel good cafe and um it's i am literally dying to go there so basically it's run by wives kira and amy and you can find them on instagram the feel good feel we are feel good club and their mission is just to make you feel good they share a lot of cold they have a brilliant coffee shop and cafe in the northern quarter in manchester and it's just about making people feel good and just trying to you know really push good vibes of the world. and it's and come on it's owned by people that are just like us I mean, we got to support our brothers and sisters doing the most. So we are Feel Good Club in Manchester. We see you. We support you. And, you know, when it's when we're out of lockdown, we'd be more than welcome to come over for a cup of coffee and to say hi to you guys. So Love that. Love. We'll definitely drop in. Have a little moment. Those were the announcements on the 802. Just a reminder, yeah. by the way, mm-hmm. we do. An, it's called announcements because the 802 is named after a National Express coach that goes yes. from Liverpool to London. That's why we're called announcements. That's why we're called the 802. So I feel like we've forgotten to mention that. And we've got quite a few new listeners who might not know what the gag yeah. is. Yeah, they're so. just wondering what, 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 what are these bitches on about now? <laughs> also, welcome to the show if you're new. We've seen you. Thank you for joining us. Love that. We love that you're on here and that you're having a good time with us. So yes. we'll carry on. Yeah. Now, Nick. Yes. You want you want to tell me something, or should mm, I tell you something? I don't know. I, I want to start. I want to tell you something first before we get into... A bit of uh, drama theme. Well, let's get into it. The segment, pop culture and current gay affairs. Yes. Let me tell you so, something. Let me tell you something. I I want to, I saw some earlier and really like wanted to talk about it. So 
Ginny Lemon, you know, Drag Race, left, left, you know. She's she's a li- she had a bit of a rant. Have you did you see Axe the Queens? I have heard so I've heard a bit about the story. I've not mm. delved into it, so you're gonna have to let me know. So okay. So she posted a few a few rants on Twitter and Instagram fans, claiming that she was ex- excluded from the Axe the Queen online event online. Now, the thing is, they they invited all most of the girls from season from season two to, you know, to be um thing. And Ginny says she thinks that RuPaul is accuses Drag Race UK of milking m- milking them for a non-binary storyline. Now, this is um, this is one of those things where it's like, mm, so at the end of the conversation, she deleted the tweet and she said she was she they were going offline to listen to Tori Amos and have some green um, herbs. Think of that what you must. And she basically they basically said to the UK, you know, fuck themselves kind of thing. And I was like, oh my days. So, uh, I this is my thing. And. Hear me out here if you think I'm, you know, being rude. Or, I don't want to get cancelled, but I'm just saying. You should not be excluded from a, from, from, uh, from an Axe Queen thing. I get that. You shouldn't. In the same breath, you kind of left the show, hon. You kind of, you kind of, you kind of made, made your own bad, bad hair. I know you got invited back for the finale and stuff, but if probably... Probably didn't want to, you know. I understand, you know, you you think you're being dragged out for your your storyline here. I I I'm not sure. I can't I can't I can't say stuff like that. But and just in that same breath, Ginny, you are amazing. You are stunning, and you are fucking hilarious. And you know, you kind of walked here. So I'm gonna have to jump in. Go on, because it's yeah. It's not that they are like they weren't invited to be part of the event. Because so people who've said, from what I can see, people who are watching Arthur Queen said that they introduced Ginny, but then they never showed. So I imagine there was some kind of technical issue mm-hmm. or something that wasn't communicated very well. And it's not that like they walked off the show and are somehow being punished for it because I just feel like RuPaul is a producer and you gave mm-hmm. her that moment for the for the TV show. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. makes sense yeah. that you are like still like part of the the team they're in the promo they weren't cut out of the show this isn't a sherry pie moment yeah true. so i don't think you can say because they walked off the show that they are they made their bed because then mm-hmm. you just wouldn't invite them to the event my whole thing is like i think i think they're probably just mad and upset that the hunter is why they said oh well you know they want her for the bind for the non-binary story i mean we can we can't come in because you know we're not the people on the team but I don't think that I don't think that was the intention to just you know for them to leave her leave them out of a uh, stuff like this. But you know we move. <laughs> oh well, actually, just to follow up, um, Ginny Lemon said <laughs> it's okay, Babs. RuPaul just called me up, called me up to saying that some asshole at the BBC overlooked my emails. That world of wonder still loves me so, still loves me so. No worries, I love Drag Race UK again. So I think we're <laughs> I think we're okay. I think we're okay. Okay, fair. Fair. We move. You want me to tell you something? Yes. Let's please. get into some glorious gay mess here. Oh. Now, usually we reserve gay mess for Fridays where you write in with your very messy questions and we get it. But this, there was some gay mess 
that we had to get into this week. Mm-hmm. So buckle in for what I'm calling the corporate gay mess of the year, which is Pride in London. Oh dear Pride God. in London. Um, if you haven't been to to London Pride or Pride in London, basically what you need to know is that it's no, it's not as good as the rest of the Prides. It's free, which is good. It takes up pretty much the whole of London, which is good, and loads of people are there, which is good. But as an event, it has a very weird sort of elitist slip to it. Mm-hmm. It it feels more like a celebration of corporate Britain and everybody who works everybody works for a company and hooray we're gay here as well mm-hmm. um it doesn't really have the spirit of many other prides and i've heard quite a lot of people who go saying that london is the worst one and i think that's just it's just is it just is the worst one um but they decided to have and create an issue for themselves this week so let me get into this pride in london starts off it has a community advisory board cab which 10 members are on. And the Community Advisory Board is essentially there to advise Pride in London about how they can more be- more better represent communities of colour and different parts of the LGBT thing that Pride has traditionally failed to represent. They all quit. You know something's mm-hmm. bad when 10 members of your advisory board are all quitting. Now, I'm not mm. saying this is directly related to Pride in London releasing a statement at the start of March saying that they are allowing the Metropolitan Police to submit an application to walk in the parade, even though that has been a point of contention between everybody. But I'm just saying that it's interesting to say that. So the um, <clears throat> the CAB says that they're basically there is an incredibly hostile environment to volunteers of colour within Pride in London. Contributing to this hostile environment is the increasing preoccupation at Pride in London with managing the public relations concerns of its leadership at the cost of supporting its black and POC volunteers or community members. It's our view that Pride in London has acted less as custodians of a sacred event that champions the rights of all in our community and more as a personal project of a privileged few. At this point, it is clear that there is no desire from Pride in London to take on the board recommendations by the CAB and the wider community. What that is saying distilled down is the fucker at the top and the people around them are fucking this up for all of us. Correct. That is just full, straight up. It's their problem. Mm-hmm. It ain't anybody. It is these fuckers right here. So we out. We gone. Mm-hmm. We out. We ain't dealing with this no more. Pride in London. This is where we get into some good, the good moment. They release a, mm-hmm. a statement in response to this. <clears throat> Settling mm-hmm. for some bullshit. Are Tell you ready kids. for some bullshit? Tell the children. Uh, we in the LGBT on, plus just, community. Let me, let me just strap in. Let me just strap. You strap. Put on. that seatbelt on. <laughs> we in the LGBT plus community know very well that as we travel the long road to equality, equity, and a fair society, there come pivotal moments. Sometimes Google. these moments can be caused by a new generation bringing fresh perspectives and thinking, seeing inadequacies in what has come before, and seeking change. This is what has always sustained our movement and given it vitality and strength. We've recently faced such a moment. In response to recent critical media coverage and feedback received from former volunteers in the LGBT plus community on the urgent need for Pride in London to create a more inclusive environment which centres black volunteers, people of colour and other marginalised community groups, the London LGBT community, Pride CIC, Pride in London, board is announcing immediate and significant changes to its structure and leadership to make necessary way for new voices and great diversity. Basically, the top guy got sacked. So his name is Michael Salter Church. He's gone. Alison Camps, she was up there. She's gone. Out of it. Not doing it anymore. Mm. Pride in London was essentially accused of having racism in the way that they deal with their volunteers. They don't mention racism in this at all. Nope. But what Mm -mm. they do spend a lot of time doing is explaining 
the CV of Michael Salter Church. Because what we need in this statement about racism in our organization is celebrating the white man who's in charge, even though he's gone. And yeah. the best moment that they come up with, and I'm going to find it. <clears throat> Since Pride in London was founded by Michael Salter Church in 2012, literally from nothing, it is developed into the biggest prides in the world and is London's third biggest annual event. Um, cut to Black Pride. Cut to Black Pride. UK mm -hmm. Black Pride, <clears throat> mm -hmm. just on Twitter. The United mm -hmm. Kingdom's Gay Liberation Front held the first Gay Pride March in London in 1972. The event was launched in response to the 1969 Stonewall riots and ran from Trafalgar Square to Hyde Park with around 2,000 people participating. How did you think that you were going to get God. away with claiming that you invented Pride in 2012? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That's, that's not even so long ago that people don't remember it. What are you, yeah. what are you talking about? You're, yeah. You've been critiqued. You had 10 people set down because they were saying you do not give enough attention or care about sorting out the issues about how you treat LGBT people of color in this organization. You're far too obsessed with doing PR for the people at the top. And then in your statement, you don't address the issues that you're being thing. You do PR for the people at the top. How are you this tone deaf? How I, I don't understand it, Pride in London. I don't understand. And it <laughs> it was and it makes you think, right? It makes you think to yourself, why? Well, I think we know why, but we know why there's two prides. We know why there's a pride in London and there's a black pride. It's been something. It's been it's been the talk of the town for ages. And the gays we know, we're not stupid. And the fact that you go you went and get some half-ass Google search reply and give it to us and think, oh, we're going to sit there and take that. Every Pride I have been to London, I have not actually enjoyed the parade because it's like just watching brands parade about how much they include us. Yeah, they include us for one fucking month and then we're disappeared for the rest of it. So don't give me that bullshit. We've seen it. You've seen it. Every single brand that you have that has walked in that Pride parade are there to say, we include you, we see you, we support you for a month. Yes, and then... The next day, the fucking banners from the fucking window is gone. Sorry. That's how it is. It's nothing about inclusion and diversity at all. Yeah. The job, you've got one job, Pride London, is to advocate for LGBT people and then throw a damn good parade. And you yeah. can't even be doing that right without cause, without letting turfs jump in front and walk for the whole parade because you don't want to disturb them for doing it. For never ever taking black people's concerns about police being involved in this event seriously and having them do it to letting the home office have a go who are actively deporting LGBT people to places where they will get oppressed for being LGBT. Yeah. You just, it's, it's, uh, they're just, they're just ticking all the boxes for getting it wrong. Yeah. If you ask me, okay, how does, white cis men who are just happen to be gay being in charge of lgbt activism look like it looks like pride in london there's a lot of money everything's very flashy absolutely nothing gets done they say in the uh, statement that they released about how michael sort church was pivotal in changing david cameron's mind on gay marriage and i'm like yet again the gay marriage thing is like for a lot of people in that group the one thing that they needed the one thing they wanted to change was let's we should be able to get married now because we've got inheritance issues to deal with. We should be able mm -hmm. to get married now. And then it stopped. Didn't doesn't matter that about trans people are still openly oppressed in this country. 
It doesn't matter mm-hmm. that the employment and the uh, wage gap for black LGBT people is so much lower than for white LGBT people. None of that matters because, hey, we can get married now and look, look, look at our lovely conservative government who gave that to us. Whew, it's nonsense. Ooh, child. And so now this has led to Buy Pride. UK has um, split away from LG, from Pride in London. They've no mm-hmm. longer partnering up with them. They're not doing a thing. Uh, a few years ago, Stonewall left Pride in London and mm-hmm. became official partners of UK Black Pride. If Stonewall, the gay advocacy charity, is leaving Yahweh's, something is wrong, Pride in London. Something is wrong. Massively. And this community advisory board has essentially given you one hint, a big hint. This thing yeah. is wrong. Maybe yeah. do something about it, but you don't want to. Yeah. You've had enough time, but you don't want to. So I'm not going to go out on a limb and say I'm not going to go because I am going to go because you don't have to yeah. pay. I'm not giving them any money. And it's a fun yeah. day. But exactly. am I going to be excited for Black Pride more? Hell yeah, I'm going to be of excited course. for Black Pride more. Also, Black Pride, if you'd like to uh, confirm that you're going ahead, that would be great because I really need to plan an outfit. <laughs> you're taking <laughs> your time. Tell the children. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just sick of it. As I think, for someone who isn't a Londoner and seeing this and seeing this, um, you know, appear, it just, it just, it just, it sends an awful message to young queer kids, not just of color on a on a whole, because a lot of the kids now are very much advocates of of diversity and, and and stuff like that. If you are sending this message to young kids and families that are just that are, that are wants to come to Pride. They're gonna feel like you know if if you're not accepting my friend or not being or not then being part of it. They're not that they're, you're sending an awful message. And if we're if you are wanna be this advocate of change, change from the inside and the good will pour outside. But you you can't get our rights. So sorry, mm. so, sort this out. Mi- you're mistreating volunteers, people who are giving right? you their time for free, and you can't even treat them right. Because you are too preoccupied with making sure that the prime minister likes you and yeah. will come to you and listen about, oh, well, we've got this one gay problem we need sorting. So can you sort that one out? Because you like us. It's madness. Madness, oh Pride in London. Madness. Yeah. Do better. Do better. I know. Like, I just know they're going to let the LGB Alliance walk. Of course they are. Because they're going to be like, look, they, they, filmed, they filled in the forms. And like, we, sh- we don't agree with like leaving people out and i'm like but these people genuinely want to harm all of us it just it for me it just gives me big tory energy i'm sorry it just does this is what martin luther king was talking about when he was talking about white moderates mm-hmm. and how they're more dangerous than out and out racists mm-hmm. this is what he was talking about yeah martin luther exactly. king day is going to roll around again next year and these people are going to be quoting him and they're just they're not going to be paying attention no no if you can't treat black volunteers right in your own organization you have a massive massive problem and you need to get it sorted and that's all i'm gonna say just Mm -hmm. sort it out please please and don't book jess glenn for the performance yeah come on yeah don't be that bitch don't don't we had enough yeah we suffered enough so on the ao2 podcast we have the brighton bell herself teris mongardi and she is absolutely funny as hell wait until you get into this tea if you have not follow on instagram you're gonna have to after this she uh she does this beautiful thing with her um what another drag queen call daff on the gag and we're going again to all this tea and what she's been up to and if she's actually on 
Drag Race UK Season 3. Let's get into it, shall we? When we're back from the break. So I'm going to sell myself at that Ford. I'm the, the cheap version of Nick Minaj they couldn't afford for the podcast, so they got me instead. Intense, You're welcome, I'm, Dan. I, I, thought, I thought the cheap version was Cardi B, but I guess it's the cheaper version, you know. <laughs> I know, controversy at Brave, I know, I know. <laughs> Well, it was lovely. It was lovely having Terrace on the show. That was just such a fantastic interview. Thank you for coming on board. Um, I don't know where to go from you know, there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cardi. Cut to like when I'm on season 19, or whatever, and Cardi's the first guest judge. I'm like, I love your work, you know. But, yeah, and then sh- then she'd be like, Rem- remember that time on the 802 podcast when you said yeah, this. <laughs> Cardi does not forget. <laughs> Cardi knows everything that's ever yeah. been said about Cardi and she does not forget. Oh, God. Anyway, we're not interviewing Cardi B. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. <laughs> so, the gag with you and Daph is yeah. fucking funny as hell. And very fucking shady. So, I want to know <laughs> where the idea for this stem from. Um, so, like, Daphne and I have, like, such a good, like, working, like, repartee and relationship. We've um, both been, like, two of the main hosts at Club Revenge, which is, like, the big gay club in Brighton for the last, like, two, three years. And we do really get on, like, two peas in a pod. And I think our drag is, like, so different, especially, not only aesthetically, but performance-wise. But I think it's a very really nice, like, juxtaposition and pairing. And years ago, so um, Daphne used to have, like, quite a big YouTube following before then, um, Battle Drag, just as, like, her government name. And then... She used to do an old, we joked about it, her and this other person used to do this um, review series called Gag Reflex. And I was like, ooh, what a horrid name. <laughs> so when we suggested the idea, we kept calling, but while we were thinking of a name, we kept calling it like The Gag as like a placeholder. Like, oh yeah, like well, The Gag. Whatever. And then by the time we got around to filming it, and like, we were like, so what, there is no other name now? Like, and I think it is camped like, oh, we watched a gag this week, The Gag, you know. It's a tribute to Kiki Palmer as well. Like, uh, The Gag is, whatever you're watching love that who doesn't love it but the gag is and you know kiki palmer is like she's a moment i love that i love that so apart from the gag i want to know something interesting Mm -hmm. where where did where did terris come from like how long she's been doing drag what was the idea like led because you because i've i've watched you've been i could see from you from like the social and stuff you've been doing drag for a bit i want to know where terris come from and how long she's how long she's been on the streets doing her thing <laughs> so um also me as the voice actor who plays Harris, um but I'm I'm from uh, Eastbourne first and foremost, which is a lovely retirement <laughs> you like that one, didn't you? No, um, it's a lovely little retirement town for the elderly. Um yeah. and like I mean I never I guess like I was it wasn't a particularly diverse place. Like, in my whole school year there was like maybe like two hundred students and no more than like eight boys of colour. But I kind of loved that. I was like, of course no one's like me because I'm a star and I'm going to shine, you know, big Rachel Berry on Glee energy as a teenager. <laughs> but then um, I started going into musical theatre and I did musical theatre professionally for a little bit. Like I did manage to do some adverts and some like, tours and stuff. But then uh, I kind of got a bit disillusioned with it because um, I started going through a depressive phase, as many a queer teen do. And then um, I, I gained a lot of weight, and then I noticed um, the perception of myself in the industry changed, and I was a bigger person. And then, it was, it, luckily, it coincided with watching um, Drag Race. I started around season eight, and Bob the Drag Queen really resonated with me, as well as that whole top four, because they were all, like, queen, queens of colour, and um, rest in peace, Chi Chi. 
But I was like, do you know what? I could do that. Like, I've got the theatre background. I think I'm camp. I think I'm a gay old time. Uh, so I actually started doing it there and then. So I've been doing drag for almost five years now. And I think it's like, it's my favourite thing in the entire world. So, What was the story of your first show? How nervous were you? What were you wearing? Did you fall over? We want to know. Well, so, so there's the first time I was in drag, which has like been a, been a few times. Because again, during theatre, you end up just like, being thrown in it like the first time i ever um like <laughs> cross-dressed we'll call it because i was not drag mama. um it was in year nine at school and did a production of matilda and i was miss trunchbull in drag and i was like oh i was like these kids did not know what they were asking for but um the first terrorist like public appearance we'll call it was and um, when revenge used to bring over the real girls and then they brought over kimchi and that was the 26th of june so that was my like drag debut but my first performance Mum, it was a mess. Like she, I, I, when I started drag, I was like, I'm not looking like a busted queen. I'm only, I'm buying a lace front, and I didn't know you had to glue lace fronts down. I thought they just suspended in motion on your head. So it fell off shortly after. I was wearing this like these ugly harems of like a floral pattern, and it's like I went to a market and found this like yellow crop top with like stones in it, so the, and blue shoes. The color palette was a mess. The original tailors go to, if you scroll far back enough, was blue lipstick only, and yeah, we all make mistakes. Um, and I did a Togical Lady Gaga medley, you know, and it was, it was all uphill from there, I believe. You just came out the gate saying, today I am messy and I am gay. You're going to get some Todrick with yeah, no tea. wig. You're going to get Lady Gaga <laughs> with some blue lip and you're going to like it and scream. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's the same thing coming out of the womb, babe. I was like, mama, this is what's happening. Get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you've, you've had some time to grow from those moments. Mm-hmm. I know we haven't had a show in a while, but they're going to come back soon enough, mm-hmm. hopefully. If if the girls are coming to a terrorist show, what are they getting now? I'd like to believe I've struck a nice balance between like both being political and um, just being entertaining. Like, firstly, you'll get a mix of lip sync and live vocal. Like, I'm a classically trained singer, um, and I love I love being like this campy young thing or well, youngish in my mind. Um, who does like these old school numbers, like Old Man River and stuff like that. You'll get like high energy numbers. I do a lot of like uh, political spoken word in my numbers and yeah like all the numbers are v high energy like so you you will get your nikki you will get your beyonce um yeah i think i've been i think in essence the terrorist brand as i like to describe it is afropunk camp like and i think that's the best way for me to hit the nail on my head as you come i feel like more than anything i want you to not only take away i want to take the money out of your wallet but i also want you to take away with you um like a feeling and a good experience and like i talk a lot about um oh soft trigger warning my own experiences of like sexual assault and like growing up the oppressed person of color and yeah i do believe like the drag that i do and as well as just being entertaining and like unfortunately being very easily palatable i believe um it does have a richness and like a personal quality that i think is what makes it unique and is what has allowed me to like have such a nice career up to this point that's beautiful. That's oh, a beautiful that approach. Beautiful. That, I felt that from the heart, which which instantly leads me to my other question. You know, mm-hmm. have you have you seen um, RuPaul's Drag Race season season two UK? You see what what's going on. Do you I think have, yeah. you know that when there was a moment in the drag room when Taste and um, Athena was mm-hmm. the they were talking about? You know, we we had to. There's only one person of color that could look up to, and they all were going for Naomi. 
do you think us do you think as a queen of color do you think we we we, we are very much unrepresented when it comes to having to choose someone to represent in that aspect i think um i think yes and no i think maybe because it's also with that challenge in particular you're also picking someone who you see through your own lens so like i could also think of other not just uk based but like important women of color that i maybe gravitate towards too but doesn't also mean it's going to translate in a challenge like that you know and i think mm -hmm. i mean not to read but like when you pick one that's a bit of a reach just for a message like someone like tia coffee like in her little coding i was like oh nobody i love the i love the choice that nobody looked at it, was like oh alan turing pop off you know like i was like what girl like um but then so i guess for somebody like especially taste who is known for being very fashion focused very like um very like dynamic in the way she like pairs her aesthetic together i think naomi campbell does seem like the obvious choice but i think in general I agree. I definitely agree. Like, it is difficult to see yourself in people. And I know, as much as it's an awful TV show, one of the first people I saw on TV, and was like, I was thinking to that, is um, as an unashamed Gleek, um, watching uh, the character of Unique on Glee, which it was such a hideously written show that I've tried to watch it, and it's so politically incorrect that I have to turn this off. But I was like, oh, like, she's popping off, and I can be popping off, you know. And I guess as part of why I like also being so political in what I do is because I think I, because I had a very fortunate upbringing, like being surrounded by a lot of people who I knew cared about me and supported me no matter what, it didn't matter too much to me that I didn't have someone to see myself in. But I'd really like mm -hmm. to, at the end of my career, be able to look back and be like, oh, I hope people who needed to see themselves in someone could see it in me. Another beautiful answer with only one issue is that you are a self-confessed gleek. Um, I think... <laughs> We're going to, I think we need to take just a moment to exercise that demon from you because I, from this short conversation, I've already decided that I want the best for you in life and you must be removed from this glee. Let me find a crucifix. Let me find a crucifix. And I genuinely think Ryan Murphy needs to stand trial for stuff that happened on that show. Oh, honestly, like, I was trying to, yeah, I was re watching it and so, like, the character of Unique and, like, and when she's introduced, like, isn't specified as being trans that ends up transitioning but in their first episode in the first episode of season four um the new rachel she is a gleek um kitty refers to her as quote a pre-op precious and i was like i have to i have to pause this like this is too much ryan murphy and it's so weird like because it's written by ryan murphy who i feel like i think of writing like beautiful queer narratives on things like hollywood and pose i was like ryan murphy you this was your hand <laughs> i mean like but yeah Again, don't, I, I want to get well, then cut to me on his show in 10 years' time. Like, Ryan, I love you. <laughs> I think I Ryan that. was actually trying to say with the show was that musical theatre people are, are evil and need to be avoided at all cost. Because I don't think any member of that Glee Club actually turned out as like, oh, I, well, I like this person. These are all good people yeah, who are mentally yeah. balanced. And you know what? I can, I can attest to that. I think I'm a, a hideous human being, you know? I mean, me too. <laughs> I watch Glee. Maybe that's the lasting impact that Ryan I watch had. Glee as well. So <laughs> it is. So while we're in the topic of Drag Race UK, mm -hmm. I stumble upon your name on the blogs, you know, sis. <laughs> a little Reddit thing, a little Reddit blog was hot on the trail and say, Terrace. Harris is missing from social media and i was like mm -hmm. i mean of course you i mean of course you can tell us because you know you might have signed an nda who knows whatever but if you are 
on Drag Race UK season three. Are you the lip sync assassin or the bad bitch that came to slay? Tell us. Tell I the mean, if I can't, I can't, I can't say anything Ooh. except for the fact that I was not cast. I spent the season at home thinking, wouldn't it be lovely? Um, No, I mean, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. It's so funny because, like, without sounding like obnoxious, I think it's very sweet. But sometimes I'm like, what? Like, this is actually the first time I sent in a tape, Mm. and I won't. I again, I won't disclose like what happened, what didn't happen. I I might have not even made it past first round. Who knows? Um, I'll never tell. But I remember last year I hadn't even sent in the tape, and last year I was really speculated for some reason. And people would come up to me in the club. This is like right before people went off to film. It's like, but to the point where people were starting to cancel gigs and stuff. And I don't know why. There's somebody in Brighton who, um, well, I know who they are, but I won't say it. There's somebody in Brighton who knew someone was on, and they knew it wasn't Lydia, who's that one of the big Brighton girls. And for some reason, didn't assume it would be Joe Black. Joe Black's so cabaret and like removed from like the conventional club scene. So they, everyone started to think it was me. And people would come up to me in the club and be like, oh, um, I know you can't say anything, but we're all so proud of you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. Like, yeah. do, you want a, do you want a shot? I was like, girl, yeah. that's so funny to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to do it one day. Uh, when the time is right for me and for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows, girl, who knows? Your time will come. And I'm sure whenever you fucking are on that television, they're winning money. Because right now you're winning badges. So Come on, preacher. The... <laughs> so... Let's put that all to the world there. Let's put that all to the I'll world. I'll sell that back so. to eBay and I'll make a lovely penny from it. Don't you worry, yeah. That's my prize money. Right? Hey, that Rupert that badge will be a lot of money when in a couple of years, eh? Oh, ho. Oh, That's tea. That's tea. While we're here, while we're here, what Ooh. did you think of the winner of season two? What was, what was your thoughts on that decision? Um, I think I'm just surprised. Like, not... Not because I don't think it was undeserving, because I guess if we're looking at the entire season as a whole, I guess I'd maybe say Lance too. I think that Bimini obviously turned around and killed it in the second half, but that doesn't account for the four episodes where she did kind of coast a little bit, you know. And I think, I mean, that's really what you were supposed to do in these eight months, come back with like the best you could be. And so I applaud her for that so much. I think if anything, I was just a little bit confused because um, I felt like the edit on Lawrence was quite like, negative towards the end and so in my mind when you got to the last episode i thought it would be bimini and i thought maybe the reason they'd give her lawrence that edit was because they were going to give it to bimini and they didn't want people to be upset about lawrence not getting it um but then i was like oh yeah i think you kind of made lawrence like a bitch for the last couple episodes and like oh but you're getting it anyway but you know i'm sure bimini would hopefully feel the same that like Winning is fantastic. I think from the fans' perspective, it's much better you are robbed. Like, nobody cheers. Like, if you talk about, like, say, like, All Stars 4, like, nobody cheers about Trinity the Cup the way they cheer, they cheer about Vanilla Luzon, you know? And I think, not that Trinity's not excellent, but I think if, you're, if the fans think you should have won and you didn't, that, I think, is worth its weight in gold or repeat about you. you know? I, I, I love how you word everything, so... To the point. With a little tiny bit of shade, but to the point. We love it. It's, 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 <laughs> what you mean is, what a bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, I didn't, bitch, I signed that NDA. That's what, no, what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but that's God. what I thought. <laughs> 
brilliant brilliant so last and final question because you know you got you gotta go make that money um when we're out of lockdown know, yeah. and um, when we're out of lockdown and all that and because i've because i have never appreciated and well not i won't say appreciate i've never been able to appreciate brighton drag scene because i've only ever been once to um mm. to oh, what do you call it revenge i don't even do, yeah dance yeah. up laughing at me babe. sorry you said you said i've never been able to appreciate i won't say appreciate i've never no, been able i was to appreciate. trying to get my words up <laughs> i have never been able to you know witness witness the drag scene in brighton when yeah. we're out of lockdown and come to brighton what should we expect from a what should we expect to do give us give us a little little thing tell us tell, tell, tell us how we're starting the night before we can lead to see you getting drunk Okay, so I think what I think Brighton does really well, more than anywhere else, is um, such a variety of like, artistry condensed into a small space. Like, people always talk about Brighton being in queer capital. And I'm like, do you know what? I don't think it's not. Because, well, no, I think it is. But I don't think it's because it's, like, got the most popping queer scene or anything. Because if you go to like Manchester or London, the queer scene is just much bigger. I think it's just the most amount of queer people condensed into a small space. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes the grinder trade lovely, you know. Um, but I think that, like, for me, an ideal day of Brighton drag is if you come on the right sort of Friday or Saturday, what you could do is proud cabaret, brunch, get pissed on the food's all right, I've heard, but um, the drag and the drinks are lovely, gal, which will be um, usually hosted by Joe Black, featuring a smashing of people like myself and. Um, and Anubis Sink and Snow White Trash and all these, Dave the Bear and all these Huns, then um, you can go to Alfie Ordinary's afternoon brunch and continue the piss up. And keep on, come to the club to see me for a bit. And Daphne, you can come down to Pony Glamorous, like dance the night away with every queer under the sun. I think it's going to be lovely. Harris, it was an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, where can the people find you? What, 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 where, where we find you? Where, where is everyone watching the gag? Tell the children where to find your beautiful face. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Terrace Mongardi. You can find our YouTube content, The Gag, on Daphne's channel, who's just Daphne. Um, we love him, anonymous queen, Alice Share. Uh, this year, so many things coming out, popping off. I'm going to be releasing music in June. I have I'm doing a one woman show in the fringe called Mook Secrets Confession of a Nugget Queen. Um, I'm popping off this year, and I'm sure you know if you're within a thousand feet, you'll find me under Black Barbie on my grinder. So there you are. Love that. <laughs> Love that. A thousand amazing. feet. Oh. God, honestly, Brighton, like popping. Like, there's just so many gays around me. Like, sometimes I scroll to the end. And I'm not even in miles yet. I'm like, geez, Louise, like. I mean, I'm in Clapham, so it's it's essentially exactly the same thing, except everyone's yeah. a couple looking for a third, and I just want to cuddle. I don't have to deal with yeah, two of like you. you get a cuddle from both sides, lovely. No, but then what if <laughs> they start? What, what if they start fighting? What if they're having an argument? I'm 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 prime. They're gonna be wanting yeah, to fight you, me. You get to you get to be the mediator, like guys, stop stop fighting, please, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, we have gonna have to let you go. This has been lovely getting to know you on this uh, little podcast. We will definitely be on the lookout for your music coming out, any shows we can get to. We're gonna have to take Nick down to Brighton and give him just show him the time because it is not good that he is not having a night there. 
I know. So thank you so much for joining us on the 802. It has been a pleasure. Uh, we will love to speak to you soon. Well, thanks for having me, hon. No worries, darling. See you soon. Bye. So we recorded that interview. And then at the end of it, Terrence decided to tell us that on the day this episode comes out, it's their birthday. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get to do no stupid birthday things while they were in the room, while they are in the studio. We didn't get to do nothing. So, <clears throat> Nick, if you'd like to count me in. Three, two, one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. And the remix. Come and put your name on it. Put your name on it. Come and put your name on it. But you want to put your name on it. Ah, ah, ah. Come and put your name on it. Flip it, flip, flip it. It's not even my birthday. Ow. But he want to lick the ice enough. Ow. I know you Ow. want it in the worst way. Ah. Can't wait to blow my candles out. He won that. But you want to put your name on it. Oh, love it. Happy birthday, darling. The annoying part is that cake is not going to be synced. And I'm not going to be able to sync it in the edit either. So we're just dealing with it. Guys, that was another episode of the A2. Thank you for listening. You know where to find us if you want to find me on Instagram. I'm thinking I might post something this week. Yeah, I'm thinking it, you might stuff. get a little something from me. I don't know what, treat the, but something. Treat the children. Um, it's Dan James LDN on Instagram. It's Dan James LDN on Twitter as well, if you'd like mm-hmm. to follow me there. If you want to mm-hmm. follow the queen of the scene, the diva with the fever, Lady Fabulous 1978, it's Nick Charles. It's I am Nick Charles on Instagram and nk.charles on Twitter. Is it the other way around? 1978, you know, I'm not that old, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rudeness for me. Yeah, that's where I am. So you can find me there. And of course, we ask you one thing, as per usual. We are seeing it, and we are very grateful because the numbers are rising. We are seeing the digits go up. So for new listeners, for listeners who've been with, been with us from day one, we're very grateful. Keep sharing, keep telling your friends, because the more you share, the more you tag, the more you tell people. Also, side note, do you see someone tag me in that thing yesterday about, oh, I'm listening to my ex-boyfriend's podcast? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the rudeness. That. Well, you know, we love that. Keep that coming, too. Keep that energy. We love that. Right. <laughs> we'll see you guys on Friday for the Back of the Bus. Until then, this has been the 802 with Dan James and Nick Charles. So we'll see you. Bye. Tell a friend. It's not even my birthday.